Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast presented by Yui. This is where we go through the top 10 most picked fantasy players. I'm your host, Hayley Burns. To my right is Steve Turner, a former Origin player, NRL player, man about town. <laughs> man about <laughs> town? Is that a former man about town? He's, he's everywhere with a camera behind it, on it. Uh, yeah, he joins us today. We've got Dom Brock, a guru expert. And Chris Kennedy, also a guru expert. I, I don't know who to di- differentiate mm. between the both of you. You're both great. I'm just a guy from the office who happened to be available <laughs> at the time. <laughs> this, he does know his stuff. <laughs> this week we are going to go through the top 10 most current picked players. Uh, we're going to start with front rowers. Uh, currently at the moment, number one, uh, we're not going to talk about the off-field stuff, but Matthew Lodge, he, does, he is coming in at number one and he is a likely Broncos starter. Yeah, well, these uh, fantasy players, fantasy coaches, sorry, can sometimes have a, a moral objection to picking players they don't want to cheer for in real life. But obviously, um, Matt Lodge, a bit of a checkered past, bit of debate about whether he should be allowed to play or not. But the fact is, he is playing. He is really cheap in fantasy. He's almost certainly going to start for the Broncos. A bit of a ball player, going to be getting decent minutes, almost guaranteed for some solid price rises. And that's why he's the number one most picked front runner in the game. Yeah, he was impressive last year in the um, Intra Super Cup in Queensland. Uh, as you say, looks like he's going to start. He'll probably play, play maybe 50 minutes a game. Can play his big minutes as well. So um, at his price, you know, looks a pretty smart buy. Yeah, I think the price, Haley, 365000 Obviously, the Broncos lost Adam Blair um, to the Warriors. You know, Jai Arrow left the Broncos to go to the Gold Coast Titans. And uh, I know we've touched on... Two of their players in previous podcasts, Josh McGuire and Matt Gillett, who do a lot of the, the tough stuff. But, you know, certainly Matthew Lodge will bolster the Broncos pack. And I think uh, being selected in 30% of teams so far, it's the, the price bracket of 365, which is enticed fantasy uh, coaches. Yes, that was Matt Lodge coming in at number one there. Number two, Jesse Bromwich. Now, he averaged around 36 last year, 50 in the three previous years. What do you guys take away from him? Yeah, just I can't really put my finger on why he scored so badly last year, but he's offloaded seemed to dry up, his attacking stats seemed to dry up he just didn't really seem um, to be the force he was in previous years but he looked really good in the World Club Challenge against Leeds uh, didn't actually play the second trial. I think he was withdrawn with a, a virus, but he doesn't look like he's any doubt for round one. Um, and I think people are picking him based on his his price versus his potential output. So if he you know he's priced at a thirty six average and he averages fifty, then he's a, he's a no brainer. Yeah, I think in the old days Melbourne was seen as you know the big three plus Jesse Bromwich was kind of the one star in their forward pack. And then in the last few years, last year especially, uh, you know Tohu Harris become a Test player. John McLean's a Test player. Um, Tim Glasby gone to the Queensland team. So they had a lot of good forwards last year. Um, Harris and McLean are gone this year. So theoretically, there's more responsibility Bromwich needs to take on this season. So there's some reason, apart from the fact that he's scored well before, to think he could do it again this season. Yeah, I think with Jesse, he obviously plays big minutes. Um, and as you touched on, Dom, with the with McLean and Toru Harris leaving the club and you bring in someone like Sam Cassiano and um, we'll touch on another one of their players next, but you know, Nelson Asofa Solomona has improved. He was impressive in the World Club Challenge, but I, I believe there'll be more onus on Jesse Bromwich this year to you know, play big minutes and, and potentially get back to that, um, the, that ball-playing game, the offloading. You know, in some ways, he was a, a player that created opportunities for his other forwards and outside backs with tri-assists, so um, I think Jesse Bromwich can get back to that. And, you know, 534000 it's you know, it might be it's not too expensive, I think, for a, a premier pro, uh, prop in our game. And um, I think Jesse Bromwich can get back to that form, you know, where he was averaging, you know, what was it, 50 um, fantasy points a game. So I think he can get back to that. 
Again, another one who with potential increase that you just touched on, Nelson, with the storm, uh, 481k, 33 minutes in 2017. But again, increased role uh, post McLean and, and Harris. Mm, well, big attacking numbers in the uh, the World Club Challenge, scored a try. Uh, talk about him playing a bit of edge as well as middle, um, which might improve his minutes further this year, help him uh, bust a few more tackles and get a few more offloads and assists. So I guess there's a fair bit of upside again with guys like uh, Harrison McLean having gone. Yeah, I think he started on the weekend for Melbourne against the Cowboys when Bromwich didn't play. So he played front row then, so I don't know if that suggests he won't be playing on the edge, if he's in that front row rotation mm. You know, for good, but um, yeah, he's still going to be a bench player. We think this year, uh, so his minutes might go up a little bit, but they might not necessarily be huge. But you know, he's potentially such a good, like, such a dominant player anyway that he could be a big scorer even with forty minutes a game. He's just improved out of sight, I yeah. think, and um, you know, it's his size, his ability to break tackles, offload. Um, he's just a threat with the defensive. The defensive line. So, yeah, as, as both CK and Dom touched on, Haley, I think um, we're going to see more of Nelson this year, whether it be in the in the middle um, or on the edge. And um, yeah, with Tohu Harris going, I know Ryan Hoffman's come across to the Melbourne Storm, but I expect someone like Nelson to play big minutes, and um, yeah, I'd expect his fantasy points to go up. And yeah, four hundred eighty-one thousand, yeah, quite a good price. Cheap buy for the Panthers, Viliami Kikau. Uh, he averaged 22 minutes last year. He comes in at 228k. Uh, some World Cup time there mm. in Fiji. Chris. Yeah, he was a, a try-scoring beast in the under-20s when he was up at the, the Cowboys. Had a really good World Cup. Um, sort of came through as a prop, but he played back row, edge back row um, for Fiji in the World Cup, and he was a real attacking force. I was out there on Saturday night at Belmore, and Penrith were obviously terrible, but uh, Kikau looked okay. He had some good charges, some uh, determined charges on the left edge there, and he played, uh, I think, unchanged the opening 40 minutes. Um, and you know, despite Penrith's overall performance, he looked pretty solid. Whether he holds on to that spot come round one, um, they didn't have too many players missing from that team, so there's a, probably a decent chance he will hold on to that starting spot. You got guys like I think Fisher Harris to come back, and Corey Harawira Nara was he only played the back end of that trial because he's coming back from a shoulder injury. So, a few concerns about Kikau's minutes, but um, at his price, you know, any any solid minutes are going to see some upgrades. Yeah, if he starts in round one, you think. His, his uh, ownership's going to skyrocket in fantasy. Um, his base price, so uh, is he base price or pretty close to pretty it? Much, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So, um, yeah, potential starter. If not, you'd hope he gets 30, 35 minutes at least. Um, yeah, not a bad buy for your reserves at, at the very least at that price. And I think as you touched on, CK, the Panthers' poor performance last week against the Bulldogs and... Raises a lot of questions mm. about the Penrith Panthers at the moment. Haley going into the into you're the re- season. You're reading my mind. That was going to be my segue. Yeah, yeah, and I think and the Panthers they've got so much depth in the forward um, back as CK touched on. You know Fisher Harris, you know Hardaway Naira. You got you know Trent Merrin's obviously there. You got Campbell Gillard. You've got you know James Tarmow, Tim Brown's there. Yeah, he's obviously very cheap, 228. I was super impressed with his performance in the World Cup. But as Dom said, you know, if he's not getting more than 22 minutes a game, if he's not pushing that 30-minute mark, then you know his fantasy numbers aren't going to improve. So if he can play more minutes, his numbers will go up. It'll be yeah, great for fantasy coaches. But as I said, the depth at Penrith is quite good. So it's 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 whether he starts plays off the bench or even plays at all. And we, we did obviously last week talk up. Uh, Nathan Cleary and, well, the other week, Nathan Cleary and James Maloney, what they would be doing halves-wise. 
I'm just going to interject there. Chris, man on the scene, what yeah. did you see from, from them just quickly? They looked – so the first 20 minutes of that game, they looked really sharp. Their, their kicking was pinpoint and it had the, the dogs' predominantly reserve-grade team really pinned back in their own half. Um, they, they scored the first try. Campbell Gillard pushed through the line and, and planted it down off a Cleary short ball, which is really nice. Cleary put in a beautiful grubber. Peachy should have scored and he made a mess of it. That was about 20 minutes in, and then Penrith just seemed to drop their heads and I don't want to say gave up, but they, they were just a rabble pretty much from that point. Um, the halves were still okay. They kicked okay, but they just had no field position because the, the team was coming up with so many errors they couldn't do much. And the, the rare times they did get down the dog's end for the rest of that trial, they didn't really seem to know how they were going to score points. So it was really encouraging for 20 minutes and then pretty discouraging for the, the last 60. So I'm not really sure what to make of those two this year based on that trial. Wow. It's <laughs> um, a good rap. It's a good rap. Thank you. tend to start the Thank season uh, move, slowly every year anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo so. Moving forward. Next up at number five is Brock Gray from the Roosters, another cheapy 212k. Chris? Yeah, Brock Gray at five, Francis Molo from the Broncos at six, and Payne Haas also from the Broncos at seven. All really, really cheap. All um, probably, you know, reasonably good players if they get a chance, but I can't see any of them being in the team come round one, and they're probably going to disappear out of a lot of fantasy coaches' teams once we actually get a look at who the cheapies are come round one, do you think? Yeah. Um, Payne Haas, there's been a bit of pre-season hype about him. He's, what, 18 or something? Really young. Yeah. Uh, a monster, great, you know, endurance in the pre-season, but hard to see, as you said, as you said him breaking into the uh, first grade side same with the other two guys I don't really know why they're in there yeah. Brock Gray's got a good name but apart from that mm. well Brock Gray I think is dual position which <laughs> might could be, be that him, could but... be that yeah, yeah expect them to drop down the list when the season starts number eight on our list Sam Cassiano a lot of talk about him off season he's obviously dropped some weight he's leaner people are expecting a lot more from him he averaged around 30 minutes in 2017 he comes in at 331k Steve I'm going to go to you for this one first yeah look obviously um the talk of the summer has been the transformation of Sam Cassiano, what Craig Bellamy's been able to do with him down there. I think he's tipping the scales at around the 124, 125k mark at the moment, so looking in great shape. The concern is obviously um, the ankle injury that he suffered in the closed trial against the Newcastle Knights, so he missed the, the World Club Challenge, Sam. So, uh, what yeah, kind look, of injury was that? Was it just a rolled ankle? What are we... Just a rolled ankle, so um, obviously taking caution with Sam being a big man. But uh, if he can get back to the form, I think if he can get back, there's a lot of people talking about he can get back to the form of 2012 when he was the Dalian prop of the year. We all can have seen the skill set of Big Sam. He's offloading ability, his ability to break tackles. The ball player, you know, he, when he was at the, the Dogs in 2012, everyone said he was the, the number seven in their side. So his ball playing ability, and if he can get back to that form and you know roll through the things, roll through the defence, and someone like Cameron Smith, the, the best number nine in the game, playing off the back of a Sam Castiano will be huge. But it's getting Sam on the field and playing regular footy and fitting into the Melbourne system. But yeah, look, he um, yeah 331k mark. I think that's enticing. But also, I think what's enticing for fantasy coaches is the fact that Castiano's dropped that enormous weight, and the talk has been he can get back to the form that he has shown um, early in his career. Yeah, it's a big it's a big question mark. I think he hasn't really been much of a fantasy factor mm. in recent years. He's not that kind of player. Like he's an impact guy, um, not a huge um, tackle machine. You know, workhorse in defence. So, yeah, it's hard it's hard to know. You know, Bellamy's improved a lot of players in Melbourne. Um, you know, players are, can have quiet seasons, go to the storm, become a success straight away. So that could happen. 
But who knows? Cassiano's not getting any younger. What do we, what do we think? It's okay. Oh, he's not in my team. Yeah, yeah. basically for the reasons you said, he's uh, traditionally been an impact player rather than a, a big minutes or a big stats kind of player. So maybe a tiny bit of upside. But, I mean, the question you've got to ask is, is he going to make enough money to either be worth using in your 17 or to be worth a trade to sell. And I can't really see that happening, which is why I haven't gone with him. Number nine is Dynamis Louie. Obviously very cheap, 217K. You know, in my opinion, it sits into the same category as uh, Brock Gray, Francis Molo, Payne Haas. So um, in, he's more of a, you know, to have on your reserve bench, CK. Um yeah, Dynamis Louis, uh, I mean, he's gone from the Broncos to the Seals down to the Raiders, and he's traditionally been that sort of player, 19 or 20 in your squad. He gets a run when a few injuries, but he's not hes not a huge guy for a middle forward. Um, when he does play, he gets pretty small minutes. Usually, he's not usually a starter. Um, for that reason, he tends to not move too much from base price. So he's someone else I anticipate dropping out of the 10 most picked once the other uh, teams are out. Yep, agreed. Okay. <laughs> Dom's like, yeah, brush, moving on. Uh, Number 10, uh, Leilani Latu, 328k. He averaged about 35 minutes in 2017. He's now with the Titans, but obviously Bryce Cartwright is now up there as well. Yeah, so um, he looks a good buy. Another another buy like Cartwright from um, from Penrith. Uh, Cartwright won't directly hurt his chances of starting or playing big minutes, but his presence there means Jai Arrow might move from lock into the front row, which could then um, have a flow-in effect for Latu. So... Yeah, it, it, another guy that it depends if he starts. He's probably a good shout in fantasy. Um, he hasn't been a big minute player in the past. A bit of an impact guy, like kind of like Cassiano, I suppose. So he's not not a perfect fit for fantasy. So he could play thirty five minutes and not, you know, maybe get twenty points or something. Mm. Um, but if his minutes go up, um, if he, you know, he's, an, he's still a youngish guy, I think. If he keeps improving, um, could be a good buy. And he's he's pretty cheap. How cheap is he? 328, yeah. yeah. So, again, like most of these guys on this list, the, the value is the, the reason people are mm. picking them. It seems like even with all the props they've got missing at the moment, yeah. Ryan James is still playing in the back row, which yep. is probably good for Latu. Do you yeah. have much to do with him at the Dogs? Is that Not a lot. He had an ankle injury early, and I think last year, CK, I think you'd probably agree, wasn't his best year. He had that mm. breakout year mm. in 16 yep. for the Panthers, and I think last year there was... Yeah, he really. I think he really struggled last year, Leilani, and obviously going to the Titans and new home, new um, new environment. But obviously, he's worked with Garth Brennan in the past. Yep. But as you say, will he will he start? Will he be off the bench? You know, how many minutes will he play? You said they've sort of you know got car right. You you know you got to remember Jared Ross will come back into yep. the fold after the opening few rounds when he um, serves his suspension. Ryan James will move to um, I think the back row, but. Yeah, look, if he can get back to that form that he showed in 16, he's certainly going to impress. I was going to ask, like, Dom or CK, mm. you, know, you look at that top 10 in the most popular front rowers, not so many big names. Yeah. Mm. Why do you think that is? Is is it because people stock up on their back rowers, wing fullbacks, centres? You know, probably the biggest name player in there is Jesse Bromwich, so to speak, but most of those other guys you, you're pretty much holding in your reserves, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone's looking for value in the front row. There's uh, beyond maybe Andrew Fafita, who's pretty expensive. Um, he's a gun who could improve a little, but the rest you kind of get what you pay for at that top end. And people are splashing out on Cameron Smith, you would think. Um, Tedesco, Tamalolo, you know, these guys take up a lot of your cap. So I think front row, this year there's not a lot of, yeah, really obvious high scorers that mm. haven't been high scorers in the past. So people are kind of gambling a bit on these 
cheaper options. You just touched on Andrew Fafita there not being in the, that top 10, but also Josh Maguire, Matt Scott also sniffing around. They're still yep. um, two players that people want on their team, but yeah, like you say, save your, save your money for the... Uh, well, the thing is with Josh Maguire, he's at 6.79, but he's someone that can play. He can play nine, he can play front row, he can... Yeah. yeah, usually wears number 13 for the Broncos. So he obviously... Pretty reliable scorer. Very reliable well. scorer. Yeah. Matt Scott, you know, missed last year with his ACL yeah. injury. He comes back and, you know, got through um, the testimonial game last yeah. week. Um, pretty unscathed. But as you said, Andrew Fafita, 798000 quite expensive. But mm. someone that can, you know, score high in fantasy. Yeah, Fafita's absolutely made for fantasy. You know, tackle breaks, lots of tackles, run meters, offloads, everything. Um so if you can afford him, if you don't get him at the start of the season, you probably want to get him at some point, but it's about finding the money. Because we're our front rowers, but then we're going to get into the hookers in a second. But first, I need to tell you that NRL Fantasy League is sponsored by Yui. Yui customers have saved over $1 million with Yui rewards on offers like $30 off $200 NRL shop gift cards. Visit yui.com.au slash rewards. Now let's move into the fun stuff. Our hookers, number one, gosh. A name haven't heard around for a while. Cameron Smith, <laughs> 917k. Uh, he could be so much more and people will pay for him. <laughs> Game's best player, no doubt. But uh, again, he's got no crop to run off this time. So, uh, thoughts? Well, Zap, you're the, you're the store man. What do you got on? <laughs> yes, what do you got <laughs> Yeah, look, That's I, think, intro. Well, I think... Well, I think the thing with, like, Cameron, well, the Melbourne Storm, is how will Cameron and Billy's game be without Cooper Cronk? But, you know, Cameron Smith... It's, it's funny for Cameron Smith this year. He comes into a season where... I think he only came back to training late January, so he had two mm. and a half weeks prep for the World Club Challenge game. Didn't look like he missed a beat. He obviously <laughs> yeah. played the testimonial last week, but yeah, nine hundred seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, very expensive, but worth the money to spend. Cameron Smith is an eighty-minute player. You know, try assists. He's got a, a great left foot kick, and that's been the advantage for the the Storm over a long period of time. He's you know. Cameron kicking down the left channel, Cooper kicking down the right channel. Um, Cameron Smith, arguably one of the best um, players in our game when it comes to final 40-20s. Um, you know, goal kicker, makes you know, 40-50 tackles a game. There's not much more. He's in 37% of teams so far. You know, he is expensive, but it's well worth splashing out on. Yeah, exactly. Um, if anything, you know, he's not getting any younger, but he hasn't slowed down at all. <laughs> at and all. he could improve this year with no cronk there. Um, he kicks a lot as is, but he might do even more with a rookie halfback next to him. So, um, yeah, he's in my team. You just pick pick him first, work, work yeah. around that. <laughs> I've actually gone without Smith at this point Ooh, in time. Okay. Okay. Purely, Wait, who, have you who have you chosen? I've then? gone. So at this point, I'm starting with Michael Lysha, who's a bit further down the list. We'll get to him shortly. But I think he's really undervalued this year based on what I'm expecting him to, to produce output-wise. And there's just a few decent, cheap options. So whoever gets the nine at Canberra, um, these guys are also on our list, but Havili and Garvey are vying for that one. Um, so I just couldn't quite justify spending that much of my cap on, on one player to start the season, but I'll certainly be looking to get him in at some point. The one thing with Smith is with captains getting double points, you know what you're going to get with Cameron Smith, um, probably 60 points a game. Um, if you don't get him, you have to splash out on someone else like a Tomalolo yeah. or a Fafita or are there many others in that bracket? Yeah, I've got with, I've gone with Fafita at this point. Yeah. Okay. And the thing with Smith, the difference between his good games and poor games is very minimal. And yeah. when he has mm. a poor game... It's a, it's a rarity. He still scores 50 or 45. Exactly. So you know yeah. next week he's going to produce yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, some huge Same, scores. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's pretty much a must pick in your team. Um, number two on the list, uh, Connor Watson. He's, you know, played with a bit bench hooker. Now he's playing at six, but mm -hmm. he is on that dual list. 401k. What do you guys make? 
Yeah, still available at Hooker uh, due to his, his utility value in the past, even though he's playing 5'8 this year. Um, certainly, look, you'd have to say guaranteed to improve his minutes from average of 42 last year to probably 80 or, or yep. close to it. This year, how many attacking stats he's going to get at the Knights as they sort of feel their way into a new structure? I mean, it wasn't a great trial against the Eels, but um, obviously only a trial and they're going to get better as the, the year goes on. What do we think about him value-wise? Yeah, it spooked me a little bit, that Eels game. I watched a, a bit of it. Uh, he got a try assist, I think, but didn't do a whole lot else. The Knights did get lapped by Parramatta, so that's going to happen. Um, yeah, his minutes will, will go up. You assume he's going to keep the 5-8 role, if not for the whole season, at least for a good chunk of this season. There's question marks about whether Brock Lamb could come in if the Knights need to make some changes. But um, he's a super talent. Um, yeah, it's that, I mentioned it before in the halves chat uh, last week. He does score better at at fullback than in the halves because he's a natural runner over the ball rather than a, a playmaker. He doesn't kick much. I think Pierce will do all the kicking at Newcastle this year. So, yeah, he's, he's good value for a starting half that, that can be a Cameron Munster-style um, ball running number six. But, yeah, he's not a guarantee in my book at the moment. No, and I think the big thing for Connor Haley is the fact that he's at 401k. His minutes are certainly going to improve as both CK and Dom have touched on because going from... A bench play utility um, to wearing the number six, you're generally going to think that play's going mm. to play 80 minutes. I was there last weekend, the Knights' Eels trial. They started good for the first 10 minutes, and then Parramatta were very impressive, I must admit. And speaking of a few of the Knights players after the game, though, was it a, I don't know if it was a reality check, but um, I suppose it was a gauge of actually the improvement they've still got to do. But as Dom said, I, Connor Watson didn't kick. Mm. Mitchell Pearce kicked. Caelan Ponga kicked because um, Caelan Ponga being a left foot kicker so he kicked yep. down the left channel uh, Mitchell kicked down the right so I see as Dom said Connor Watson going to have a lot more running game this year and you know, hopefully that's where he can make his points from you know, his carries tackle breaks line breaks you know, certainly he's going to make more tackles this year And but it's his minutes and his price which has encouraged fantasy coaches mm-hmm. to put him in their side also the dual position as well because I've picked him on my bench as a, as a guy who can come on for injury and cover either hooker or half if I if I need him to so I've gone with like I said Michael Leisha as the hooker and then whoever the halves are I can't even remember at the moment but you, you pick him <laughs> he can cover a couple of positions off yep. the bench so it's sort of one less position you have to cover in your in your bench. Again, I'm going to quickly interject there because you were the man on the scene. How did Hayne and Ponga look? Yeah, Hayne looked good. He's obviously played uh, the right um, on the right centre and he's obviously one that's come back into fantasy and we touched on um, Jared last week how um, good of a fantasy player he can be. I was quite impressed with Jared. Obviously, Bevan French was the star last week at, for the, the Eels. Um, in, the one, in the one spot, Jared did play about 20 minutes in the one, but... Um, from all reports, Jared will start in the centres uh, for the Eels. And Caleb Pong, as I said, he had some good touches. Uh, he made a few errors. and uh, But I think that's going to be a learning learning for Caleb. You know, being a young kid, you know, he's going to be playing playing number one regularly for the Knights, week in, week out, trying to play that um, regular NRL football. He, As I said, he, he had a few kicks, so I think um, you know, young Ponga will do a little bit more kicking than someone like uh, Connor Watson, but... Um, yeah, look, I was I was impressed. You can only hope there's upside for Caleb Ponga. Um, he had a go- he, he had a goal kick, um, successful conversion. I know from the C- sideline as well. From the sideline <laughs> yeah. as well. So we've touched on that. So he's obviously for fantasy coach. He has been one that has been recruited purely on the fact that he will play more first grade, and obviously the goal kicking will certainly help him. But yeah, quite impressed with both um, Ponga and Hayne last weekend. Moving forward in the hookers department, we'll touch on three and four. Seeing they are both Raiders. I've got us. Uh, 
Silva Havili. Very good. And <laughs> Craig Garvey, uh, both 228K. Uh, what are you guys thinking? Dirt cheap. Yeah, well, I think the big thing here, why they're in position three and four is purely because the injury to Josh Hodgson in the World Cup last year, the ACL injury, um, not expected back until mid-season, I think. So, you know, Craig Garvey was at the uh, the Bulldogs and is a late opportunity down there at um, the Canberra Raiders, 228k. I expect both of them potentially to play in the opening opening game. You know, whoever starts, one come off the bench, but... 228k, that's why they sit in three and four, because they're dirt cheap, and they're more likely, if not one of them, both of them will play um, in the opening part of the season with the Hodgson injury. Yeah, hooker's usually a position where new players can score well very quickly because you're defending in the middle of the park, make a lot of tackles. Um, it you know, happens less if you're only playing 40 minutes a game, and these guys could split it 40-40. Mm. I don't think they really know going forward who the number one choice for hooker is. Um, at today, this morning, there's talk of Adahingano moving over there from the Warriors as another option. Uh, Aiden Caesar spent a bit of time at Hooker, I think, in the trial as well. So, yeah, um, you know. They obviously didn't have a trial last week. Don't they didn't have a trial last week, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, they probably could have done with another one just to see what yeah. combination works best. Well, like you say, Aiden Caesar spent time there in the trial two weeks ago and they've probably recruited Adahingano. That's now four guys when you go with Sam yeah. Williams and Blake Austin who all predominantly play in the halves, but most of whom could probably spend time at Hooker as well. So does that take minutes? Does that mean, you know, Havili starts and Garvey doesn't make the 17? Um, so it's interesting to see how it's going to pan out. Job there. security as well. That yeah. raises questions about all of them, really. Mm. And Do you think it's a headache, CK, for the Raiders this year with the injury to... Hodgson, and as we, we've we've thrown up five or six names, potential yeah. players that could wear the number nine. Well, yeah, it's a massive headache for the Raiders because Hodgson's been their best player for the last couple of years, pretty much, um, certainly in terms of controlling the team. It's a headache for fantasy coaches as well because if they, you know, say they start with Silva Havili and everyone jumps on him and they lose the first three games and they mm. go, we're going to make a change, and now, you know, Aiden Caesar's the hooker and Garvey's coming off the bench and Havili's out of the team. Like, it, yeah. you know, you don't, there's no one who's guaranteed to still be in the team in, in four weeks' time, basically. Number five, Michael Leisha. Uh, he's someone you talk about quite often, uh, Zap. Uh, more attacking potential potentially than 2016. He's 533k. What do you make of him? Yeah, he's been the talk of most of our fantasy podcasts so far mm. this season. Um, the fact that, purely on the fact that you expect his attacking numbers to go up defensively, um, he doesn't let you down, Michael. You know, 40 to 50 tackles a game. He's been the dog's top tackler for the last yep. few seasons. Um, he didn't play last weekend in the trial against the Penrith Pens, but in the trial against the Raiders two weeks ago, scored a try, laid on a try for Greg Eastwood. Um, there's been a talk over the summer about the Dogs, the overhaul, the change with their style, the way they play. and It's a new look Michael Leach, and I think we'll see the best of um, Michael this year. He's an 80-minute player. Um, his running game, I think, returned. Doesn't kick a lot. But that may uh, change this year. But um, certainly his attacking numbers. You'd like to think his attacking numbers would go up because yep. I feel like he's been stale and pigeonholed over the last few seasons. So mm-hmm. 533k, um, he's probably you know, almost, compared to Karen Smith, he's probably a must-have mm-hmm. in your um, side. My big question mark with, with Michael Leisher, and I, I do have him at the moment, my big question mark is if his, basically, let's say his points per minute go up because he gets more involved and does more attack, he could potentially drop down to 50 minutes a game if someone like New Brown gets the bench utility role. Um, could see Michael Isher getting a bit more of a rest, so he might score better when he's on the field but get fewer minutes. Um, New Brown played that that second trial where they picked mostly a reserve-grade team. He was pretty good, played most of the game at hooker. Um, he's 
scored a try at a dummy half himself. And I spoke to Dean Pay after the game, and he was really complimentary towards uh, New Brown's performance in that game, um, and seemed to think he was a strong chance of potentially nabbing a bench utility role. So that could cast some doubt over Alicia's minutes moving forward. Yeah, Alicia a couple of years ago played 80 minutes and scored about 50 points a game, maybe a bit more, just through tackles basically. Um, and then last year his minutes were more up and down. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, he could become more of a yeah used as an attacking hooker this year. But use the Bulldogs could use both those two guys as attacking players. So he might play sixty minutes, but score better than he did last year. But maybe not by much if he loses twenty minutes worth of tackling. So again, there are a few question marks, but he should improve. Mm. Oh, you'd yeah. like to think he'll improve this year, Harley? Yeah. Yes. You found, <laughs> you found attack <laughs> at the Bulldogs. Era, you, 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 ever there's been all, so much change. So, so much change. Something's got to happen. Uh, number six, Josh Chudley, Cowboys 212k. Cheap guy to have on your side. He can only be here because he's minimum price, can't he? You've got Jake yeah, Gramble so. there. Is he, is he still out with his – he had a long-term knee injury. Is he back to full training? Let's yet? ask expert Dom. Uh, yeah, he, he won't be playing this year. I don't think <laughs> – <laughs> whatever happens. So. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just we'll Let's move, move forward. on. We'll move forward. Uh, number seven, Damian Cook. South Sydney, uh, he he averaged about 46 minutes last year. Playing 80-odd minutes or, or zero-odd minutes because Anthony Seabold said a few times that he favours an 80-minute hooker, so it's probably going to be Cook or Farrah. At this point, it looks like Cook's got his nose in front. He started the uh, charity shield, played really well. Um, his running game is on show, splitting the line. Um, are we thinking big minutes for, for Cook? Yeah. Well, I think so. I've always found this being the issue with the Rabbitohs over the last couple, you know, last, in particular over the last last season with you know, obviously having Damien Cook and Robbie Farrow, both are 80 minutes pl- players but as you said CK I think if you've got an 80 minute hooker you just they just play 80 minutes you can't have I feel you can't have Farrow and Cook in both sides in this in the same side because they're just too good too good of players to be sitting on the bench and not being utilized so I you know he lit up the uh, last weekend the mm-hmm. charity shield Damien Cook he's his running game out of dummy half is impressive. He's so mm. quick out of dummy half, off the mark, and um, yeah, laid on a good try last week. But his kicking game, he doesn't have quite a good kicking game, does he? Yeah, but it doesn't. you don't really need it to score 50 points a game at hooker. If he's got a good running game and makes 40 tackles, then there's your 50 points pretty much. And he made that great break last week to set up a try for Crichton, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah he's got the edge on Farrah, it looks like. Even if Farrah plays a bit, even if... Um, Cook plays 60, 65 minutes a game. His scores should improve on last year anyway. So, yeah, I really like him as an option this season. Moving forward, number eight, Andrew McCullough at the Broncos. Big price point, 844K. Obviously a gun, average 58 last year. Let's quickly go around about him. Yeah, massive scores last year before he hurt his knee towards the end of the season. A uh, little bit of doubt that he's going to actually play round one. So it's a huge chunk of your salary cap to spend on someone who might not be there for the first round. Yeah, traditionally really solid fantasy scorer, makes a lot of tackles, uh, can do a bit in attack as well. Um, you know, a nice backup option if you're not going to go Cameron Smith. Yeah, obviously Andrew McCulloch, uh, tackling machine, Haley, A good kicker out of dummy half. You can quite often find a 40-20, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see um, if he'll have more opportunity to kick this year with no Ben Hunt. Um, you know, how much you know, Ben Hunt was certainly the number one kicker for the Brisbane Broncos. So McCulloch out of dummy half, like Cameron Smith, can often find a 40-20 for the Broncos. What do you make of that? Cody Nicarima? Yeah, obviously, uh, well, he, he's the talk that he's going to be wearing the seven for the Broncos this year with Ben Hunt moving to the St. George of Dragons. You know, someone that can play, you know, dual position can play in the hooking role, can play um, in the halves. So 540, 45,000, um, more of a runner. 
um, which I think you'll see. It's interesting, the Broncos this year, the halves, when you look at Milford and Nicarima, both more runners of Similar the, players. Similar yeah. players, runners of the ball. So um, it, mm. it's a big expectation for Nicarima this year. You know, I don't think he'll be wearing the nine, but he'll certainly be wearing the yeah. seven. But big expectations on him. That's the problem sort of the Bulldogs had last year with Moses Mbai and Josh Reynolds in the halves. So hopefully uh, Nick Arima can, can stand up and sort of control the team because the Broncos are really going to need him to. And if he does do that, then maybe a few extra kick metres and so on might boost his uh, fantasy output as well. Yeah, the thinking is with Hunt going, who was you know kicked, was a dominant kicker at, at Brisbane for most of the time he was there, um, there are points to be picked up somewhere. So people you know here are thinking Nick Arima is going to do it. Uh, Anthony Milford's the other option. Uh, we had a story yesterday on NRL.com where he was saying he was going to take up a lot more kicking this year than he has in the past. So that could be where the, those extra points go. Uh, you know, we'll wait and see. We'll talk about the Warriors because yeah, number 10 on the list is Maniah Charrington. Um, so probably not going to be a great fantasy option this year. But I, I wanted to touch on the Warriors because Sam Cook started at hooker for them in the trial with Isaac Luke in the reserves. And Sam Cook's going to be a really cheap option if he gets a run. Isaac Luke potentially a bit out of favour over there. Mm. Um, maybe a cheap option in, in Sam Cook. What do we reckon? Did you not hear that Blair called out the other week? And he said New Zealand's going to fall in love yeah. with Isaac I, Luke I, again. I did hear that, but he still wasn't picked to start by <laughs> well, I think everyone's <laughs> waiting to see yeah. Isaac Luke get back to the form that we yeah. all know because yeah. he, in his day, on his day... He was a um, legit star. Yeah, legit mm. star. His running game, like, so impressive. But, yeah, he's really struggled to find that form again um, since he's gone across the ditch. Yes. Um, anything else you want to touch? <laughs> no, I'm happy to also Nathaniel Roach. Yeah, well, I think he's well, still out injured maybe. Yeah, um, but yeah, when he comes back, he's a big chance of, uh, of starting as so well. So there could be a cheap... Hooker at the Warriors, you're saying. We just don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> or how long they're going to last. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was a beautiful New Zealand impression. Oh, thanks. So. Um, that was the NRL Fantasy Podcast presented by Yui. Make sure you don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, give us a five star review, even if you think we're trash. Still rate us live. <laughs> and uh, we will be back again next week. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week? We're going to talk about the round one team list. This is the, the big news that we've all been waiting for. We're going to have all the best cheapies and the you know the controversial selections so next next week's the big one exciting okay thanks guys